you, but I want to share a word with you that will encourage you to continue to preach the gospel wherever you go. Isaiah chapter 6. Today's message is, is entitled, Sent Out. Can everybody say, Sent Out? Can you say it now like you're excited to be in church this morning? Everybody say, Sent Out. Let's say it together. One, two, three. You're radical. There you go. Isaiah chapter 6 is going to teach us to be sent out to our own city. Do you know that in America, we have over 300 nations represented in this city? And as I was showing you pictures of people in Nepal, I want to make a new picture right now in this service because we're making history right now. Who knows how to use the iPhone? Do you know how to use the iPhone? Click a picture. I have a special guest right here that came from the Taste of Chicago yesterday. Come on, baby. What's your name, baby? Alan. Alan. Came all the way. We'll take it like this. You ready to be a movie star for Jesus? Let's give it up for Alan in the house. Thanks for coming. Amen. We have a chance to make a difference in people's lives everywhere we go. This was just from yesterday, being at the Taste of Chicago. You see, I could have been out there adding on to my muscle. You know what I'm saying? I could have been getting down with some of them chicken wings and all that stuff that I love, alligator. I don't know if anybody's been out there yet. You know, but that's, that's what I love. I love to eat, and I can eat a lot. But you know what? We made a challenge to the church. Let's go out there and preach Jesus. Let's go out there and share the love of God. And today, Alan is here. It just takes one of us, friends, to touch another one of us, to then touch another one of us. And if we all reach one, to teach one, to reach one, we can change this world by the time you go home tomorrow and, uh, and have a barbecue. Are you listening to me? And as they pop bottles and make it rain, we can pop the gospel and bring the Holy Ghost rain everywhere we go. Are you all listening to me? I want to plant churches like they pop bottles. Listen, this is what we're about right now. We're about a radical revolution, and you've got to see your part in this. We have got to be sent out to this city. Look at your neighbor and say, we popping bottles. Come on, we popping the bottle of the Holy Spirit. Did you not know that the Bible said that from within you are rivers of life that will flow out to the nations? How are you going to let these rivers come out? You've got to pop the cork and let it come out your mouth is the cork so pop the bottle and let the rivers of life flow out from you look at your other neighbor and say pop the bottle baby okay we got to pop the cork we got to let these rivers flow out of us because if we keep the treasure on the inside the bible actually says we're selfish look at isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 i don't want to be selfish with the gift that god has given me i want to pop the bottle and make it rain amen Y'all think I'm crazy. I just keep it real. Amen. I'm sorry I don't speak King James language. I didn't live back then. I live right now. And this is making sense to some of y'all right here because you're getting my understanding. We've got to make it rain with the Holy Ghost here. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. This is the Bible talking. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne high and exalted in the train of his robe filled the temple. Brother, if you could put the scripture up there, that would be awesome. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two wings they covered their feet. And with two wings they were flying. So I want you to see the picture right here. 
Isaiah is a man living in the Old Testament. He is seeing a vision of God, and as he sees this vision of God, he actually sees a certain species of angels. If you didn't know, there's different types of angels. Uh, there's not, by the way, the, the baby, little chubby, naked angels. There's no such angel as that, okay? And I don't know who started that trend of having naked baby angels in bathrooms and all that, but sick, okay? So if you all ever see any of the naked baby angels, just throw them away in somebody's bathroom, you know? I'm saying, you know, you see a little angel, just throw it away. Son, it's not right about that. Okay, so there are actually different types of angels in the Bible. One is called seraphs, which we're learning about right here. The other one is called cherubim, cherubim angels. And then there's others that are just called messenger angels. So we learn this in the book of Isaiah that he sees seraph angels, and these angels have six wings. And two of the wings they cover their feet, two of the wings they cover their eyes, and the other two wings they fly with. And the Bible says that they are in the presence of the Lord. Now keep reading here to verse 3. And they were Calling one to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. And you can make that a little bigger for everybody, please. Thank you. Holy, holy, holy. This is what they say is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. So the Bible says that before the earth was ever created, God created these angels. And these angels are in heaven with six wings flying around the throne of God, chanting how holy he is. Somebody say holy. So you see this awesome picture of heaven, but let's keep going. Verse 4, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Now here in verse 5, he says, woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Now flip back into chapter 5 for me, please. And, and Adam, uh, Andrew, I appreciate your help. You're going to have to be super scroller right now because I want you guys to see in chapter 5, Isaiah is rebuking the nation of Israel. Now, why is he rebuking the nation of Israel? Because the people have turned their back on God, and they're a rebellious people. And I want you to see what he's rebuking them for. Look at Isaiah 5, 8. It says, Woe to you who add house to house and join field to field till no space is left and you live alone in the land. So he's rebuking them for his gr- their greed. Everybody say greed. Thank you. Now go on down to verse 11. Woe to those who rise early in the morning to run after drinks, who stay up late until they are inflamed with wine. Does anybody know anybody like that? Uncle Joe tomorrow at the party, hey? Cousin Flacco? Anybody got a cousin Flacco going to get drunk at the party, you know? I love you. Just want to tell you I love you. You know what I'm saying? Okay, woe to those who drink all the time. Let's keep going. The Bible, here it is, verse 18. Verse 18, woe to those who draw sin along with cords of deceit and wickedness as with cart ropes. So everywhere they go, they bring sin with them. Have you ever met anybody like that? Maybe your neighbor next to you. How about yourself? Let's keep it real. Look at verse 20. Verse 20, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put light for darkness and light, uh, darkness for light, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Do you know that we live in a time where people like me are called evil? Because I say sins in the Bible are sins. Do I love everybody? Yes, I do, but I hate sin. Perversion is a sin. Sex before marriage is a sin. Homosexuality is a sin. Drunkenness is a sin. Guess who's the bad guy now? I am. I'm the fool. I'm the idiot. I'm the fundy, the fundamentalist. Why? Because I call sin, sin. But the Bible says there'll be a day 
when they call evil good and good evil. So I'm called evil, but guess what is called good? The gay pride parade is called good. Uh, Lady Gaga is called good. Oprah Winfrey, oh, Lord, is called good. Everybody loves the evil but hates the good. The Bible said they did this back then. If you like it, say preach it. Amen. I won't keep preaching it. Come on, verse 22. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks. Was there anybody here that was ever a hero at drinking wine? Cake stand. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was a hero of drinking when I did it or mixing drinks, you know, like have this pina colada on the rocks with a little bit of lime. Mm, it's so good. I mean, there's context for the best bartender. Keeping it real. Look at your neighbor and say, keep it real. I'm sorry, today is not going to be one of those phony baloney messages. Here it is. Now let's keep going. All of this is found in chapter 5. Now go back to chapter 6 and understand what's happening. Chapter 6, verse 5. Now Isaiah says, woe to who? Me. So what was going on? Isaiah was pointing the finger at the people, and rightly so. They were doing wrong. They were greedy, building, 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 and building until they had no more space to build, and there still wasn't enough for them. And we can relate to that because we buy and buy and buy until we can't fit it into our basements and closets. Then we have to buy storage spaces to put it there, and then we have garage sales to sell it so we can buy more of it. Come on, are you all following me? He said they were drinking wine. We see that all over the place. That number one holiday to drink beer and wine. Bam, 4th of July. Let's see what happens tomorrow. Let's see if America lives up to what it's, it's always been doing. We are this nation. We, we represent this right now. And they call evil good, good, evil. I've already given you examples of that. And so uh, Isaiah is rightly calling out the sin. But here's the problem. When Isaiah sees the Lord, he has a vision, he sees the angels, he sees God's presence. You know who he's talking about now? Himself. All the fingers pointing at him now. He doesn't say, woe is the prostitute, woe is the drug dealer, woe is the rapist. He says, woe is me. He said, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You know what we learn from this? Is that no matter how good we are in this world, when we get close to Christ, we realize how bad we really are. How many ways we fail at keeping his commands. Even me as your pastor, yes, I can call out sin like nobody's business. But when I get into the presence of the Lord, as that light gets brighter and brighter and brighter, and as that magnifying glass gets deeper and deeper and deeper into the subatomic parts of my heart, there is sin. And I have to cry out, God, I'm ruined. I'm undone. But keep reading the story. He doesn't stay that way. God loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. Come on. He's going to change you. Look at verse 6. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand. He had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin atoned for. Somebody say forgiveness. So by him getting branded by this hot coal. Now, how many of you can picture this in your mind? Maybe we need to do an illustration to, to, to do this, right? So imagine a fire, a coal, like the barbecue. How many are going to barbecue with coals tomorrow? Like you're no gas barbecue or griller. You know what I'm saying? That, that's whack, you know? For you, you got to get the mahogany and the, the chol, coal, uh, charcoal. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? A couple people know what I'm talking about. Okay, so you're going to cook with the coals and the charcoal and all. Now, imagine me taking the thongs and then putting it to your mouth with the coal. 
right? That's what's happening. But what is this representing? The cleansing, the burning away of our sin, the, the testing of the heart, the Bible says, that sets us on fire. God's fire comes in your life, and you'll feel, dis, you'll feel discomfort at times. Why? Because he's burning all the junk out. You'll be, you'll be wondering why everything on your job is like making you go crazy. It's because God is developing patience. And you'll wonder why sometimes things in your life don't work out financially. It's because God is teaching you dependence. And if you'll listen real close in the trials of your life, you'll hear this sound in the background. And you know what that is? That is your flesh. That is your attitude. That is all of that and then some sizzling under the fire of God. So just look at your neighbor, tap him, and go, (laughs) get ready for the fire. And if you don't think you need it, you're the one that needs it the most. Oh, no, don't you at me. I am just fine. No, you ain't. You the worst. (laughs) We're going to hear a blazing inferno from you. And you keep reading, and now we see in verse 7, with it he touched my mouth, and he said, see, it says, touch your lips, your guilt has gone away, your sin is atoned for. Verse 8, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Somebody say, whom shall I send? Thank you. And who will go for us? And he said, here I am, send me. He said, go to this people. My friends, I want you to look up at me. I want to give you four things today about being sent out. The number one thing you have to have to be sent out like Isaiah is to see the Lord. We're not talking about people we don't know. If I was out here preaching, you know, Martin Luther King, I would not know who he was. I could only tell you I have a dream speech like that part of it. But you know what? Preachers need to know Jesus to go share Jesus. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you need to have an encounter with him. You may not see him visibly like Isaiah did, but you can see him in your heart when you pray. You can feel his presence. You can know that you've been touched and that your sin has been atoned for and that the guilt has left you. Is there any sinner saved by grace now sanctified and set on fire? Is there anybody in the church? Say amen. Amen. You know that you've been saved. You know that you've been changed. How do you know it? Because you met him and you know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you can't know peace. You can't know joy. You can't know salvation. So when we're out preaching, we're not talking about somebody we don't know. We're talking about somebody we do know. So when I meet my friend here today, I'm not talking about somebody that I wish to meet or hope to meet. I'm talking about my best friend, Jesus. And there ain't no high like the most high. You need to give Jesus a try. Because he's changed me. I know him. The first thing we see is Isaiah had an encounter with God, and it was a real encounter because he was transformed. He knew that he was jacked up and messed up and tore up from the floor up, needing a checkup from the neck up. But when he met God, he got changed. Come on, I know I've been changed. And if you don't know that I've been changed, ask my wife, ask my parents, ask people who live with me. Because they know the dirt of me that you may not know. But they know God is cleansing that dirt. That God is taking away that dirt. And you've got to get cleansed. And you've got to get changed. So the first thing to be sent out to change the world for God is you've got to encounter God. See the Lord. Amen. The second thing is that you have got to see here is you have to see the need. Everybody say the need. When Isaiah said, I am a man of unclean lips, he said, I live among a people of unclean lips. 
I do not want to be like an ostrich and bury my head into the sand and deny what I see in this world. I don't want to try to put on rose-colored glasses and say everything is okay. You've got to keep it real and be honest. See the need of the people around you. And I want you just right now in your mind's eye as you're looking at me and don't be cuckoo and crazy, but I want you to think about, if you've got to close your eyes, it's okay. I want you to think about the needs you see in this society right now. Place yourself on your job. See the need of your people talking pervertedly, gentlemen, that they need, they need uh, cleansing in their marriage because they cheat on their wife or they look at pornography. Students, I want you to see the need of your friends who are being attracted to Little Wayne and Lady Gaga and the things of this world. They need wisdom and knowledge and stability from the Lord and purity. I need all the families here to see what their family is going through. Maybe alcoholism, addiction is going from one generation to the other. You need to see. See that need. You need to admit it and see it. Because that's the only way God can use you to change it. You can't deny it. I'm not angry at anybody, but I'm just exposing the devil's lies. You see, as they came out the closet, they pushed us in the closet, but I won't stay in the closet. I'm going to come out the closet, set them free, and go into the closet and give them a different pair of clothes to wear and clothe them in righteousness. Because I want to tell you something. You might have been born that way, baby, but you need to be born again. Whoa, come on. I was, you, <laughs> I was born a jacked up sinner, but I've been born again a smiling saint. Yes, 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 yes. Everybody wants to come out the closet and tell us all their stuff and put it on Jerry Springer and make TV shows about it and put it on TV. And now they want to have a TV show about the, the Playboy bunnies and all of this. And we can't say Jesus without somebody throwing a conniption fit. I want to tell you something. We have got to understand we are living in dark times. And when you are in a movie theater and it's really dark and that guy comes with a flashlight and puts it in your eye, you want to put him out because you hate the light when you're in darkness. And that's the way the world is today. They don't want to have the need exposed. They want to act like they have no need, that everything is okay, that everything is all right. But we have to say, no, 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 you need Jesus, baby. No, 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 you need Jesus. You need to look at your neighbor and say, you may look cute. But you need Jesus. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, you really need Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you need Jesus. You need Jesus. Man, you need Jesus. I can tell by looking at some. You need Jesus and a hairdresser. No, I'm kidding. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. That's the first thing is you need to see the Lord. The second thing is you need to see the need. What is the third thing? You need to see the calling. Verse 8, he says, who shall I send? Who will go for us? Think about this. The great God of eternity past. He has never known a beginning, will never know an end. Whenever you and I get there, he's already been there. Whenever we have a thought, he has already known it. And yet he asks us for a favor. He asks us who will go for us because I don't know about you and I don't know how good your arachetta is or your bratwurst or whatever you're making tomorrow, but Jesus is not coming to your barbecue. He is not going to step out of heaven and go, que paso, I'm here, arachetta, pinco de gallo, or, or what you may be making, egg rolls, sweet rolls, whatever you make from wherever you're from. I'll be ordering pizza or something like that, you know, maybe hamburger and like Aldi hot dogs. But you know what Jesus will be doing? Jesus will be in heaven, and he'll be sending the Holy Spirit to our hearts, and he'll be saying, who will go for me to this barbecue and tell Cousin Flacco about Jesus? Uncle Bob, who's going to tell Uncle Frank 
You see, God is asking us to go. He is asking you to go, but you have to see it. See, if you don't see the call or hear it, you'll be oblivious to what's going on around you. Take my word at it and then put it to test tomorrow. Tomorrow, if you're going to a barbecue, don't bring up God. Don't bring up anything we talked about today and listen to the conversation and see if it comes up. It probably will never come up unless you bring it up. You have to see, you have to see your calling. God placed you in. Some people say, man, I can't be a Christian in this family. Nobody is saved. I'm the only one that loves Jesus. That's exactly why you need to be a Christian, because nobody knows Jesus. And that's why God puts you there, because he knew you were crazy enough to tell them all about Jesus. Well, what if they don't like me? They don't like you now. They talk about you behind your back. You know your family talks about They talk about all of us. Come on. God is asking you to see your calling. And the last thing is to see the harvest. You see, the sad part about this passage in Isaiah is verses 10 and onward is Isaiah was going to see the judgment of God upon his people. There's actually a time when God says, enough is enough, I'm going to punish them. And these people of Israel actually got punished. Their nation was defeated, and they were brought into captivity. And I thank God that we're not at that point yet. May 21st passed. Uh, you know, was that May 21st, the prediction of the end of the world? Yes, it passed, and we're still here. But I can tell you it's going to come one day. But until judgment comes, we need to see the harvest. Turn to a New T- Testament scripture, Matthew 9, 35 through 38 in closing, and then we'll pray. Thank you for your patience today. We're going a little long because of the missions testimony, and you don't have to work tomorrow, amen, so I don't feel bad. I'm just kidding, kind of. Half kid, half kid, there we go. Matthew 9, 35, when you're there, somebody say, I'm there. Thank you. Jesus went through all the towns and villages. Why are we traveling like we do? Because we want to be like Jesus. Why do you need to go to your friends, your neighbors, all of these places? Because you want to be like Jesus. And what did he do? Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Praying for sick people is a great thing. It's a great way to share the faith. Verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When I saw Chicago taste, the taste of Chicago, tens of thousands of people, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, guys, because sometimes I just see the food or I see an event. But last night, particularly, when I was out there and I saw the crowd, you know what I saw? I saw sheep without a shepherd. I saw people that were helpless. My wife, when she's sharing, what really impacted her was seeing those lost people in Delhi, and she knew that they probably didn't know the Lord. Now look what Jesus said, verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, somebody say his disciples. If you're a disciple, can you say amen? Amen. Come on, here you go. Here's your marching orders. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Guys, we were at the Taste of Chicago yesterday, tens of thousands of people. There was only eight of us. If we brought one for the eight of us, how many more could we have brought if we were all out there? Are you all getting this today? Because every person is special to the Lord. Band, would you come, please? I want you to hear this. Jesus is asking you, will you go for me? And when you go, will you see the harvest? You might say, Pastor Joe, why do you go to Ohio Park? Why? Because I see a harvest. You might say, Joe, why do you guys go to Wicker Park? Because I see a harvest. 
You might say, Adam, why do you guys go to Prosser? And now during the summer, you go out here to, uh, you know, Irving and Central Portage Park. Why do they go to the parks? Because they see a harvest. Would you stand on your feet, please? I want to ask you a question. What do you see when you see the multitudes? What do you see? Do you just see a group of people or do you see the harvest? What do you see when you see the barbecue, you know, the house full of your friends and family? Do you just see your friends and family or do you see a harvest? I hope being a part of this church, you're starting to see the harvest. Four things today to be sent out. Number one, see the Lord. He will blow your mind. He is so much greater than anything you and I have ever imagined. And no matter how long you've known him, you still don't know all about him. There's more to know. So see the Lord. Number two, see the need. Be honest with your need. We don't need more hypocrites, okay? Thank you. We don't need any more. You may be seated if you're a hypocrite, right? We don't need you to point fingers. What we need is for you to admit your problems and then to help others work on their problems. I was out with some other young people. They're on my Facebook, these young girls. They were singing Amazing Grace. And, uh, you know, they said the prayer with us, and they wanted to accept Jesus. But I could tell, you know, it was kind of something they were doing to be nice, and, and they hadn't really thought it all through. So I wanted to prepare them when they got home and had to face temptation. And I said to them, I said, you know, what do you think is going to be the hardest thing you're going to face living for God now? And one of the girls said, my temper, I curse people out. You know, I could have pointed at her. I could have said, man, you do. You're a bad person. But I said, I can relate to that. I've been angry before. I've cursed before. Not yesterday. It was about 15 years ago. But I've, how many have cursed before? But I've gotten angry like yesterday or day before. That's, that's big for me. If you know me well, like, Pastor, he has a short temper. Yeah, you know why? Because I'm, I'm not perfect yet. So I said to her, I can relate to that, but you want to know how I get through it? She said, how? I said, I pray to the Lord to give me patience and love. And if I ever make a mistake and I see myself getting angry and that Italian's coming out, I say, Lord, change me. Take the coal again. Change me. See the Lord. See the need. Number three, see the calling. You're going to walk out of these doors into a big old world. A lot of people here. A lot of people in Chicago. We're not out in the country somewhere. I hope that you open your eyes and you see something different. See what you can do. Maybe you can't travel to India, but you can travel two steps to the cousin nobody likes tomorrow and hang out and talk to him. You can invite your next-door neighbor to the extra food that you're having. Maybe you have a widow. Maybe you have somebody that's a little weirdy in the block, you know. Every block has a weirdy. You know what I'm talking about? Like our block has a guy, he'll be wearing the American flag, rocking out, you know what I'm saying, in the front of his yard all by himself, shirt off, beer belly, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need to invite that guy to my house. Like, hey, Bubba, I got a barbecue. You want to come? Nancy, bring in the kids, okay? I'm just going to bring Bubba out here. You know what I'm talking about. Man, we all got some crazy name. But you see, you got to see it. You've got to see what you can do. And then lastly, when you're there, don't get discouraged if people say no. Well, I don't want Jesus. Don't get upset if they get mad at you. I don't want to talk about Jesus. This is supposed to be a barbecue. You know what? See the harvest. 
You ever seen those, those cartoons like when Bugs Bunny or something, he hasn't eaten for a long time, and then all of a sudden he gets hungry, and he looks at his friend, and his friend looks like a big piece of ham. You know what I'm talking about? He gets like this image in his mind like, you're a piece of ham. I'm going to eat you. I want you, when you're out there sharing your faith, I want you to see wheat and grain and a harvest. I want you to picture them as sheep. Little lost sheep. As they're cursing, as they're getting upset, I want you to see him as sheep. My friend, he preaches like us, and he was preaching on a ferry one time in New Orleans, and this dude got so mad at him, spit right in his face. And my friend's like my size, and he said the guy was small, and he was about ready just to bless him with the five-fold ministry and knock him out. He had already turned the cheek one time. Jesus never said what to do after that. You know, one time, that's all you get. Bam! And he was about ready just to bless that dude. You know what I'm saying? Bless him real good. And, and at that moment, as his spit was running down his face, he told me this. He said God gave him the picture of when his baby was small and it would spit up on him. And God said, he doesn't know what he's doing. Forgive him. See the harvest. See him the way God does. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today, Lord, for bringing everyone here. We've gone a little late, God, but you're worth it. It's, it's worth it, God. And we just ask in these closing moments as the altar workers come that, Lord, you would send us out. We're inspired by everybody's testimony. God, I'm inspired just hearing, God, the testimonies of the Bodequa Fest. God, now I pray you send us out. We all have a place to be. All have a, a, a message to share to people in our lives. And Lord, we got to pop that bottle. We can't keep it. We can't keep it bottled up anymore, God. We, we, we want to let the world know, Lord, that you love them. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to pray for you right now. If you're in this place and you just want to let God use you, I pray that right now you start to see Him in ways you never did before. I pray you start to see your need. I pray and even now you see your calling and you can start to see the harvest. Before we leave, give God 15 seconds right now to transform you so you can be sent out. Come on, if you need to ask the Lord to forgive you because of your need, do it right now. If you need to have an encounter with God, you want to get closer, just raise your hands and say, God, I want to see you high and lifted up like Isaiah saw you, God. Today you want to see your calling. Come on, use your imagination. See where you're going to be this week. Let God show you who they are. Really, really, don't look at the outside. Look at the heart today. Let Him show you who your friends really are. Some of them are hurting so bad. Some of these marriages of your, your co-workers are falling apart. Their kids are on drugs. I just talked to a family the other day. Their kid is so depressed he won't even leave the house. But they don't tell anybody because they're ashamed. Come on, ask God to show you who they really are. Take off the mask. Give you x-ray vision. And see the harvest. Come on, let God show you they can change. They can change, man. Come on, they don't have to stay that way. They can change. If God changed you, he can change them. It doesn't matter how hard of a heart you think they have or how difficult. Some of the ones that are the most difficult or the most needy, they're going to accept him the quickest. 
If you, if you would have talked to my friends, they wouldn't have thought I would have accepted the Lord. But they didn't know down deep inside I was so close. I just needed my mother to preach to me one more time. Oh, God. We're about ready to close out now. I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal. And as I pray, if you need to come forward, come. We're going to sing a worship song. If not, the cafe is open. We wish you well for your, your, your activities this week. But as I pray, if you need prayer, just come forward. Maybe you need to get some things off your chest or you, you're going through sickness or something and you need us to pray healing. Whatever it is, these altar workers will be here. Father, I thank you for everybody here today. God, as we dismiss and go our separate ways, I pray that you bless our families, bless our nation. And Lord, those that need to stay back and pray, bless them, Lord. I thank you for everybody here today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can you bless the Lord today if you love him? Amen. Slap your neighbor high five and say, I'm going. I'm going. Amen. Worship band, lead us in a song. Come for prayer if you need it. God bless you. Have a great day.